The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention a machine. Welcome to the Mention the Machine podcast, episode eight. We're talking about habits again. This is the third of our f- third of our f- third of our series of four on habits. This week we're talking about "You Are Not Your Brain" by Jeffrey M. Schwartz, M.D., and Rebecca Gliding, who apparently doesn't have any credentials. She's an author. That's yeah, you don't get you don't get numbers for that. You don't get letters. You should. You should. Yeah. Published. So, Joel, tell us a little bit about uh, "You Are Not Your Brain." Well, there's a thing called the sets of brain messages. That's what they like to talk about. And you're not defined by them. What that means is the brain sends false messages for, uh, false messages to you saying such things as, Hey, nobody likes you. Hey, you're an idiot. How could you screw that up? What part of your brain do you think that is? You think that's the ego again, protecting itself? I doubt that's the ego. The ego's like, I got this. Nah, the ego is always trying to protect itself, so it's saying, like, you're not good enough so that you don't try things so you don't get the ego blow. Ah. Deceptive Uh, ego. I always look at the ego as the asshole, so the asshole's like, fuck it, we can do this. Yeah, yeah. But the asshole's also in the way, you know. Ego is the enemy, so he's trying to prevent you from doing stuff, so Mm -hmm. he'll tell you you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. So an example in the book was a a Broadway performer, which I am not, who... (laughs) froze in front of a in front of a producer and since then his brain kept honing in on all the imperfections of his performances. And he ignored all the positive qualities that people said about him. Basically all around thinking. Like, well, I messed up that line. Meanwhile, they didn't think you screwed the line. You're perfect for the job. And basically kept him from doing interviews and callings. Yeah, that, that, the perfect example of that also is like public speaking. Like, you know all the mistakes you made, but other people don't see them, and they're not really mistakes. They're just glitches and stumbles over your words and things like that that happen. Yeah. They're not mistakes. The people, the, the people that are watching you still would rather be watching you than doing it themselves. Exactly. I learned in about three or four speeches in the Toastmasters that I'm the master. I'm the expert. They don't know what I'm talking about. Exactly. You could be making it all up right now. There is no book called You Are Not Your Brain. It might seem like you have to follow what's in your brain and what it tells us, but in actuality, you can work around it. So how would you work around it, Joel? Well, it's funny you say that. I guess we're going <laughs> to skip into the four steps. Oh, we don't have to skip if we're going to get through them, to them later. Um, yeah, so we're better up. So let's let's talk about some examples of what uh, what our brain tells us that we typically follow. What are some normal some normal routines there that are running around habits, as you will? So hypothetically, you got to go do laundry, and you're like, yeah, you know what? I'll just create Facebook for five minutes, and five minutes went twenty minutes an hour. And next thing you don't do laundry, or I got to go to the gym, but it's raining outside. I don't want to get wet. Like you find every excuse under the sun. Ah, uh, okay. So you're. Uh... Your your brain is the, the your brain routine at that point is basically the thing that tells you that in that saying uh, you'll find a way or you'll find an excuse. Mm-hmm. Instead of working on the problem, we turn to temporary fixes, and our brain associates the temporary fixes with relieving the problem. For example, an executive who turns to drinking to relieve stress, the brain actually accepts the yeah. Now I'm doing it. The brain actually associates the temporary H. Drinking is an association, and anytime he felt stressed, he craved alcohol. Uh, temporary relief. Ah, okay, temporary relief with drinking. 
prime example was he worked at the place and like all these people kept asking questions and in his brain it turned to these people are idiots they don't know what they're doing I'm the only one who knows what I'm doing and then he got home to deal with the family they wanted him to interact and ask some questions it's like oh well they're idiots too oh I'll have a drink one drink became two became a bottle became day drinking and became a life wrecker yeah I, I associated with um when I was smoking it's like you're you, you become too too stressed to quit smoking because quitting smoking is another stressor basically mm-hmm but your brain associates it with, oh, anytime I get stressed is what I should do. Yeah, and it's odd because one of the things about smoking was you found you you associate a cigarette with kind of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, ate a good meal, have a cigarette after. Just woke up in the morning, have a cigarette. Before bed, have a cigarette. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why people wind up being quote-unquote social drinkers because they mm-hmm. still have those cues in their brain. Mm-hmm. So, the mind's ability to change the brain. Called it's, uh, the mind's ability to change the brain is called self-directed neuroplasticity. That's uh, that it's kind of an interesting thing because I think humans are really the only species that has the ability to do that to actually try to change the, their brain and their way of thinking. Yep. Neuroplasticity is the ability for our brains, our brains' regions and connectivity to adapt to new functions. An example I put, pointed out a while ago was a woman who had a stroke on her left side of her body. And she said to her to learn how to walk again, that the right side of her brain started doing both sides of the body's job. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how, we talked about in the previous episode how uh, the the brain, your habits are basically ruts in the, the physical nature of your brain. Yeah. It's a path that's actually carved, and neuroplasticity allows your brain to kind of not, not remove those, but write new ones to go around to basically come up with a new way to do things. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't attempt to stop the this the brain messages from arising. Instead, you need to aim to teach yourself how to discount the false brain messages. Yeah, because I, I know it's one of those tricky things with the brain. The more you try to try to push down like an impulse or something, the more you think about it. Like yeah. if you think of, if you say, "I'm not going to drink today," you're thinking, uh, "You're thinking, I'm not going to drink today. Drink well, today. Drink one, today. Drink today." The one dark psychology book I read, they were talking about how like don't think about rabbits, and you start thinking about rabbits. Well, instead of saying don't think about rabbits. Start thinking about crocodiles and alligators, and then your brain's like, "Oh, we're thinking about that," and they, it does that instead. Yeah. So trick your brain. So as I was getting through the four steps to changing unhappy thoughts and habits, first thing is to be mindful and relabeling the situation. For example, I'm having the urge to get on get on Facebook. Everyone should fight that urge. Yeah. So you have to reframe the situation, and you think checking Facebook reduces my anxiety. That I might not be able to complete the work I should be doing. Well, in actuality, it's not. It's a crutch. Yeah. So then you refocus. It's just, yeah. Refocus the situation by doing something productive, like beginning the easiest work task. That's one of the stoicism things we were talking about the other day, too, actually. Well, like, to find the simplest task and working on that instead of procrastinating. Yep. Yep. Like the, uh, when they, they say starting new habits to start with, they call it like the, the two minute rule, try to do something for two minutes. Like the guy that wanted to lose weight, he, uh, his goal was just to go to the gym and then he'd be there for like five minutes and he'd leave. Cause mm-hmm. he was in order to change a habit, you have to become the type of person that does that habit. So yeah. he had to become a gym goer before he could lose weight yeah. at the gym. And then you can also just, like we talked about in the last book about stacking, mm-hmm. like, okay, now you're getting to the gym. Now you start doing a workout. I start doing two workouts. And you keep stacking, and next thing you know, you've got this giant chain of stuff you've been doing. Yep. And the final step is reevaluate the situation by recognizing that the impulse is just a deceptive brain message and has not been taken seriously. It does not need to be taken seriously. 
So how does that tie back into what we were talking about before with the cue, the routine, and the reward? Because it looks like it's a similar thing, just called different things. Exactly. But the point was, this book had better examples and stuff about whatnot. Uh, like, it talked about the, um, it talked about the woman with the, with, the, with the brain injury. And the guy who was the performer, like, he stopped going to auditions because he was so in his brain that he was horrible. It's terrible. There's, there's another guy, he kept checking his email and, and text messages because he was afraid that his girlfriend would, would then love him. And he, if he didn't reply within five seconds, then there's an issue. And there's, there's a lot of examples in this book where they talk about how people had these issues, but you look, go back in their past and you find out this one moment started this brain message and it just snowballed. There's an example of a girl who's a perfectionist, and you find out when she's a little girl, the family went out to get ice cream one day, and her ice cream cone, the ice cream fell off the cone. And her brother made fun of her, and her mom's like, well, you don't get another ice cream cone, you're going to learn from this lesson. And her, and her brain was like, you screwed up, you're going to suffer. So every time she did something, it had to be perfect. If it wasn't perfect, she would just basically fall apart. Huh. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. How I, I wonder how they can track that back down to that level. You know, to be like, well, when did you? When was the first time you became a perfectionist? Like, <laughs> it, I think it, it's a it's a skill. It takes a lot of like digging to figure out where that key moment was. Yeah. Too bad we can't trust psychiatrists. Well, that's why you need to do um, what's it called? The there's a form of psychology where they ask you questions but you don't give them the answers but those questions unlock answers in your brain huh kind of like if i butchering this but basically like there's a generic set of questions about oh when's the last, when's the first time you remember doing this and what how did that make you feel and stuff and then your brain starts going through and like wait first time that ever happened well, actually it was like i was five i remember falling off the thing like basically it's unlocking memories and you're figuring out what happened Huh. And they don't even have to know what you're. You don't. You don't even have to answer them. You just. They just keep asking the questions, and then you go down that path. Sounds interesting. I Sounds... think it's cognitive behavior theory, maybe CBT. Hmm. I'm sure nobody. I'm sorry, somebody will factor check us, but pretty sure Dave <laughs> <Yeah>. won't. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure Dave's the only listener we have right now, but that's fine. Tell our other listeners who Dave is. <laughs> <laughs> now it's gonna be a mystery. Where's his address? <laughs> his name's not even Dave. You're right. It's not Dave. <laughs> Oh, one of the other things the book talked about was keeping a, health, a notebook of healthy activities, so that you can do these instead of the activities that you're, yeah, the activity that you're trying to do. You have the things that you could be doing. Because one of the basic, basic things was the easiest way to short circuit something is be by observing is by observe, observing it. Mm-hmm. So if you can realize I've got a problem with drinking, and you can keep an eye on like, oh wait, this is me my first drink. Maybe I shouldn't have this drink, or Okay, I know that every time I go to the park, I get into a fight with that guy down down there. So, like, well, maybe if I go to the park, I should keep an eye off that guy. If I see him, I should go the other direction. Like, you basically, you want to short-circuit the activity before it happens. Yeah, um, I was thinking about that. I just, oh, yeah, so keeping a notebook of healthy activities before you do that, you probably have to become the type of person that keeps a notebook. Yeah, that too. But the whole the the biggest the biggest cornerstone is learning how to be mindful of what's going on around you and yourself. Yeah, and I think that's one of the first key takeaways from any sort of self help is you have to identify you have to you have to be uh, very cognizant in, in identifying what problems you're looking for help with and where mm-hmm. your weak points are and where your strengths are and how to shore up the weak points while building up the strengths too. Like I know, for example, I went to therapy about twelve years ago. And people are telling you, you get so angry so quickly. Maybe you should work on that. I go talk to this, this, this psychologist, 
and she dissected like a situation. And I realized I had this entire list of steps I went to before I got angry. Like everyone else is like, oh, it just happened. But meanwhile, there's like stacking like sheet on pawn, sheet on pawn, sheet. And then sheet number 50 or 60, it's like, okay, I'm going to react. But like I realized after talking and talking it over and realizing the steps that went down, I was able to in the future go, okay, here's a situation for me to get me upset. I don't want to get upset. Yeah, I think detachment is one of the things they talk about a lot of the time. It's like you, when you take a step back from the, the current problem to look at it and say, what's really the problem here? You know, focus on the problem and mm-hmm. not like what's not the emotions that are in there. You yeah. have to step away. The from emotions the are byproduct, a byproduct of the problem. Mm-hmm. And and the emotions aren't you. Yeah. The one thing, I don't know if it's this book or another one, but basically emotions aren't good or bad. They're just effects from a cause. Mm-hmm. They're basically your lizard brain. They're old messages. Monkey brain, probably more than lizard brain, except mm-hmm. for that fight or flight one. Mm-hmm. Wow, that might be our shortest episode yet. <laughs> well, if it, that's all right, it's part of a series, so yep. maybe somebody can go through all four episodes in one go. Exactly. Our next episode will be three and a half hours. And no, 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 I doubt that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can't remember what the fourth book was. This is, I think, this is the, the one of the main books I took a lot of, away from compared to the other three. Which I wish I had the other notes right now, but I don't. Oh, put it on the website. Yep. But uh, yeah, I don't know what the next book is either. So we'll find that out, and then uh, we'll actually it's in your Google Docs. Ooh. I put all four at the same time, and I just wrote this one two days ago. Well, there we go. So, thank you, everybody. Have a good one. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit thementionthemachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.